0: Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative podcast where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022 2023 school year diving deep into the science of well being, answering the question what makes life worth living? and I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Hello, hello, welcome back to Happy Class. I'm gonna call this week 28, even though it's technically week 29. We're gonna do like a twofer. Because week 28 was really busy in preparation for my trip to the final weekend of class in Phoenix, Arizona, where I met together with my small group cohort, Team Bright Ideas, to not only finish our final weekend of class together and celebrate that, but also to visit our service learning partner, the Center for Correctional Solutions at ASU, and do, some, do a site visit inside the Perryville prison complex outside of Phoenix. Week 28 was a lot of preparation for that trip and, and kind of touching base and making sure things were all scheduled and ready to go. And then I just spent the most truly transformational week in Phoenix with my best girls, and the, I want to tell you a little bit about the experience. Imagine three months of working towards a project, designing a workshop, a well-being workshop, researching data, writing you know, dozens of pages of research and application ideas, and touching base with our incredible organizational partner, Kevin, who runs the Center for Correctional Solutions at ESU. All of this culminated this last week as we were able to go visit, go on the inside, as they would say. The inside is passing through the gates of the prison. We had to have background checks ahead of time and be approved as visitors. And we walked through the, the front doors of the prison and were approved and turned in our IDs, got our visitor passes passed through sort of a way station where we, you know, we passed through a sliding door, this big metal heavy sliding door, and then the door closed behind us. And we were in this waiting bay with a guard behind the glass, able to check our badges and and verify our identities before we then, the, the sliding door on the other side opened, and we walked straight through. The weather in Arizona is interesting because it lends itself to really beautiful outdoor experiences for the fall winter spring but blazing hot temperatures during the summer and the prison complexes at least the one that we visited are mostly outside so there's you know indoor units where they sleep and and chow halls and different um, areas where people can work. There's a printing shop and there's some telecommunications where the um, women who are incarcerated have the opportunity to have jobs working with corporations outside of the prison itself and earn wages, albeit very small, but wages that they can then um, spend on things inside and outside of prison, you know, buying things for family members who are on the outside. The whole experience was just sort of eye opening to me. uh, But I, I was struck by how much outside there was which felt all at once really beautiful and like hopeful that you know I connect so much to spending time outside and and to feel like even though you're behind gates and walls and and you know held it captive as a prison is a, a system of captivity that there was an opportunity to be outside be under the sky you know I've heard and read and seen movies about you know and I'm I'm sure this exists as well, just not in this facility, you know, areas where there's one tiny slit where you can just barely peek and see the sky from your cell. So even just the general layout where most of the facilities had outdoor connections, you'd walk across a field to get to another area versus like having it all be in a hallway within a big building, which I know is partly possible simply because of the landscape, because of the uh, the the dry heat of the desert. And I'm sure that in July, when it's 110 degrees, that people would much rather be inside rather than having no shade outside or trying to, you know, even walking across a long field, a long dusty desert field in the middle of the summer would not be very comfortable. It happened to be beautiful while we were there. It was in the mid 80s. And especially coming from climates where it's a little bit cooler, I had, you know, two of my Classmates who are on Team Bright Ideas live in Canada where it's much colder and still snowy. The other lives in the Northwest where it's been really rainy and gloomy because, you know, just coming out into the springtime. So the weather was beautiful and I think softened the experience a little bit for me because I felt like I wasn't enclosed even within the, you know, behind the walls of the prison passing through locked doors I felt like I wasn't closed. and part of that of course because I wasn't because at any time I could leave if I had wanted to and luckily I was able to hold it together and didn't ever I didn't experience the type of claustrophobia that I maybe was a little bit nervous that I would feel like ah, I need to get out of here and and luckily I was able to sort of manage my emotions and we spent most of the day inside a a a hub, a classroom learning unit. One of the beautiful programs that the Center for Correctional Solutions runs is an inside out program. It's a a charter. I think that other uh, universities and prisons around the country have a similar program. And so this is the ASU version where university students are able to go on the inside and take college courses, learning collaboratively with women who are incarcerated. So the students will come learn in this classroom. They receive college credit, both the incarcerated women and the students receive college credit for the course that they complete over the over a semester and they're able to have a free exchange of ideas and and restore some humanity to the incarceration process and enable the women who are living in prison the chance to progress and to learn and to be better than before which is one of the phrases that I picked up from Kevin that I really like the idea that when people are incarcerated it, it can kind of be a waste of time if you're not enabling learning and progression and opportunity even within the walls of the prison that when they return to society better than before that they are able to connect that they're not only do they have lower rates of recidivism which means committing you know uh, incarceration worthy crimes outside of so if you go to jail and then you leave and you commit a crime that puts you back in jail then you have re-entered and so you're you know that adds to the higher rate of recidivism of going back to jail once you've been released. When people are empowered and learn skills, emotional, mental regulation, actual jo- like on the job skills while incarcerated then they are able to be better contributing members of society and and lead to, you know, a more holistic experience once they've left prison. I'm sure that there's probably some a uh, you know, varying opinions about that, about whether it's worthwhile to spend resources on bettering the lives of people who live in prison when there are so many resources that are needed for people who are living in communities who haven't perpetrated a crime that lands them in prison. Uh, and also, what I keep thinking throughout this whole semester, throughout the project, has been that this is the way that it is right now. So even if I could reimagine an entirely different criminal justice system or an entirely different correction system where there are fewer people incarcerated, where there are more mental health and resources available in communities so that the crimes are lower to begin with, where women are empowered, a lot of the women just kind of as an aside, and I didn't look at a statistic around this, and of course I didn't know any of the personal information of the women who we spoke with directly and spent the day with, but the idea was kind of floated that many of the women who are incarcerated are there because of crimes committed against men who had been abusive. And just the idea that, you know, you you take it and then when you react and maybe in self-defense or sort of, you know, reclaim your power, albeit in a not, you know, of course, a crime is a crime. And are there circumstances where education or mental health services or Uh, resources outside of prison would be a better solution. I think so. And I think that was part of heading into this program and being assigned the Center for Correctional Solutions. I I told Dave, I just, you know, have some fundamental disagreements with the the state of corrections in the United States as a whole. And so this is going to be really tricky for me. And what I found as soon as I started working with Kevin and with my classmates on this project was that. The acceptance of this is the way it is right now. And so while people are working for greater change and systemic change, there are people living and working in prison today who could use the uplift, who could use the the resources and the attention and the humanity that the Center for Correctional Solutions brings to them. So that was really heartening. And in our day spent on the inside, we, we were in this hub classroom and Kevin and his graduate student, Alexis, had designed this really beautiful interactive day and we were sitting in this room learning with nine incarcerated women who have all been part of the the center for correctional solutions program so they call them mentors because they've already gone through the inside out program for example and are are involved they they volunteered and have stepped up to be involved they want to be doing some of these programs and also four correctional officers who in their day-to-day lives are sort of the you know the dominant party in the incarceration correction system. And yet they sat side by side with us and with these incarcerated women to learn together. It was really, really interesting and really touching and just brought a level of common humanity. We answered questions like, what was your favorite childhood memory? Or who is someone who's inspired you in your life? And to hear all of these answers from all of these different people in different circumstances in their current life was really, really beautiful. And we did a workshop at the end, Alexis and Kevin orchestrated a workshop about transformation and we all wrote down characteristics of people who we admire and then thought about them and then chose one. We shared them with each other and then we chose one that we wanted to work on in ourselves to help us become more like those who have inspired us. It was really, really cool. The program that my group has designed is for the correctional officers themselves. And that was maybe a little bit unexpected when we started talking to CCS or the Center for Correctional Solutions. Their mission is to enhance the lives of those living and working in the prison system And they have some really cool programs designed already for people living in prison. Most of their programming is for the incarcerated population. And so they floated this idea that the correctional officers really set a tone. And not only if their lives feel better, if they can have emotional regulation and stress management in their own personal lives and and beings, not only will that benefit them and reduce the rates of turnover and reduce burnout and stress among the correctional officers, and maybe invite more people into the system. Right now, there's, you know, really low rates of employment among correctional officers, which then contributes to the overall whole. That if there's only one correctional officer for 200 people on a unit, the care taken and the, and the safety of everyone's a little bit compromised, and, and there's all sorts of things that can go wrong. So really focusing on the well-being of the staff will have this spillover effect into the well-being of the incarcerated population as well. So our program that we've spent months designing is a stress management program for the correctional officers within the state of Arizona. And we presented it on Saturday this last week to our, all of our class and our instructor's at Penn, as well as Kevin and, and a bunch of his students at ASU. And it was really well received. We're really excited about it. And all of us, we, we still have a final paper, and we have to actually, like, send the, like, turn over the workshops and the research and everything that we've done. And, and we're all really excited about the possibility of maybe continuing to be involved in some small way. Maybe we are consultants or maybe we go out and teach the program the first time, kind of like a train the trainer that we present the workshops to CCS and are able to answer questions and talk about the dynamic of what we have planned. And then they feel better equipped to take the program and run with it. And the hope and the idea is that this program will be implemented at the women's prison where they have this really great relationship and good rapport. And then they can get feedback and and tweak it as needed so that they can scale it and implement it in the other complexes where they're involved and hopefully get buy-in from some of the key holders within the Department of Corrections and the Department of Justice in the state so that maybe eventually, like pie in the sky, cross our fingers, hopes and dreams, the program that we designed could be implemented throughout the state and enhance the lives of those working and as a byproduct, those also living in prison throughout the whole state. Which would be phenomenal. But baby steps, the program is beautifully designed. We're really proud of it. We loved presenting it. We loved interacting on the prison campus with those who our program could possibly affect for good. And it was just a really incredible experience. Thursday, where we spent the day in prison, was fascinating and, like I said, will take probably months to process and reflect on. And then we were able to spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday together for our last weekend of class. Being on Pacific time meant that we started class at 6 a.m. and we were done around 3.30 in the afternoon, which made for very early mornings but beautifully long afternoons where we one day we went to the Botanical Garden before dinner. The, The desert Botanical Garden in Phoenix is just breathtaking we went hiking our airbnb had a pool so we spent some time in the sun i brought a craft project we did an ice dyeing project while we were together had some really beautiful meals and late nights chatting around the outdoor fireplace these girls courtney and tessa and heather who have been my cohort this semester have become lifelong friends. Like we've made plans for how this looks moving forward and staying in touch and cheering each other on and having a reunion. And I feel so grateful to be experiencing friendships that I have seen and kind of heard of and hoped for within a graduate school experience. But being so much older and, you know, taking 15 years away from school and then coming back to it, I didn't know exactly what that would look like. And I don't think I had banked on friendships being a big part of my experience. When in fact, between this final hive in Phoenix, Arizona and the other in-person hives that I've done in Palm Springs and in Calgary and in Philadelphia a couple times have been the absolute pinnacle of the experience. I love the research, I love the classes, I love the learning, and all of that has made such an impact in my head. But it's the friendships and the people that have made such a transformation in my heart. And that was completely unexpected. I feel a little bit blindsided in the best way by feeling like I gained this entire new network of friends that I didn't know that I needed. We were kind of commenting all weekend that this was like a false end because it was our last weekend of class, but there's still some optional calls. We have papers Do I have four final papers due in the next two weeks. I graduate mid-May. And then I begin my capstone project, which isn't finished until mid to late July, half of it mid-July, and then a poster due at the end of July. So even though we've kind of like wound down class and we're, we're going to graduate and celebrate, it's like this false end because there's still more to do. And I'm excited about that and also just trying to like temper my emotions because it can feel really easy to like, oh, good, class is over and like put it all down. But I've still got a few months and... I'm excited to continue. I'm really excited for graduation. I'm going to kind of push through these last papers, final papers, in the last couple weeks. I'm really excited for graduation because I feel like once I graduate and can turn my full focus to my capstone project, that that will feel very different. I won't be dividing my time and my mental space between four different classes like I am now. I can just zone in, do meetings with my advisor and sort of pace my own research and writing so that I'm ready to turn in my final project in July and then really set it all down. Step by step by step, it's a slow close on this program, and I just feel more than anything, I feel incredibly grateful for the experience that I've had and will continue to have in the months to come. And I thought that you would love to hear a little bit about the inside scoop on our site visit to the prison and if you have any questions, please feel free to email me or to send me a message on Instagram at LiveFreeMiranda. I, I'd be happy to field some of those as we're working through the final bits of, the, of that project in particular and also all of the other projects that I'm working on. Final papers. I have one due on Saturday. In like four days, I have a 10-page paper due. So wish me luck. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. I'll chat with you next time.